and you may be seated. What a blessing to be with you today and uh, see everybody. Uh, as Pastor mentioned, we, I had a great time yesterday, great services, and I, uh, this time I had a bodyguard too <laughs> going around to protect me. What a, what, uh, I, felt, I felt like a celebrity <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> In the Middle East, we give you a tip. <laughs> we give you a tip for that. <laughs> Well, uh, this morning uh, I am very grateful to be with you. As I look at this uh, group of uh, young people, the, the thought that comes to my mind is that you are the future. Uh, the, they are the future of America. Uh, we are the present and the past. But as I look at you, everyone someday uh, uh, will, be some, will be a pastor, evangelist, a teacher, uh, 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 and uh, uh, everything you do uh, is going to be uh, for the glory of the Lord. And, uh, uh, you know, we need to realize that we are servants of God, uh, uh, whether we are evangelists, pastors, missionaries, or even if you are a nurse or a teacher or a banker, uh, whatever you do, you need to, one has to realize that we are here as the lights of the world and also as the salt of the earth. Uh, we, are, we are here to, be, to, uh, to spread the positive and the, the love of God across the people. And people look at you and uh, th 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 they may not know Christ, but they know you. I was uh, visit on visitation in Ireland uh, with a church and we went to many homes. And later I was told that the, the Irish left God. They, they don't believe in Christ. They don't want Christianity any longer. But after I visited uh, the, the people there and talked with the people on the streets, my conclusion was they, they did not reject Christ because they don't know who Christ is. They rejected the Catholic Church. And uh, that's why it's so important, I told the missionaries, that to stay in Ireland and promote the Lord Jesus it's because people ha don't know who Jesus is. And people, many people may not know who Jesus is, but they will see you and you're identified with Christ, whether in America or in the mission field. And eventually your, your life, your testimony will determine whether they will believe in Christ or not. Many times uh, the Lord Jesus would tell his disciples that your love to one another will show the world that you are my disciples. And I will pray that the Lord will use every one of you. My, my advice to you is don't get discouraged. Don't be discouraged. If you are a missionary, uh, last week uh, I was uh, talking with a, for, uh, a retired missionary uh, in South Carolina. And that brother wa was a missionary to England. And what this missionary said to me, he said, Brother Figali, he said, I was surprised while I was serving the Lord in England. He said, some young people, mis young missionaries, after raising their support, came to England to serve the Lord. And after two weeks, he said two missionary families, after two weeks, they re resigned and went back home. And he looked and said, what, what a loss that is. And as we were talking, the question is, not, not, I have, don't question their sincerity. When they surrendered to be missionaries, I have no doubt they were very sincere. They meant to serve the Lord. So what went wrong? Why, why did they go to England 
and after two weeks, they decided to go back. I believe the answer was that they were not well prepared for the, for the task. I believe they didn't do their homework while they were in America to know what's, what to expect. And uh, my advice uh, to you as those who are going to be missionaries uh, uh, is if God called you to, say, England or God called you to a country, study as much as you can about the country. Learn about the culture. And before you surrender and say, I want to go, why don't you visit that country and spend a, a little, bit, little bit of time? Go through the, the, uh, the culture shock, cultural shock. Every person you go to a country, you have to go through a cultural shock. So if you spend a few months there and go through the cultural shock and get to know the people and then pray to the Lord to see if this is where God wants you to be. It is so important that you don't fail because missionaries are going there. They are not well prepared. If you go to, for example, if God calls you to England or to Europe, uh, there, uh, what I would study, what I do in Europe, I will study philosophy because many of the Europeans don't believe in God. So I they believe in philosophy. They, they are humanists. So study so much, as much as you can about humanism and about philosophy so that if you meet an atheist, you know how to talk with him. You know how he thinks. It's very important that we know how people think because if you know how he thinks, you know where he's coming from. So when he asks you a question, you will be able to, to answer. Number two, look at the culture. Can I live in this culture? Because God will not send us to, God will not fail us. When a person fails, it will be him, not God. Because God, God is mighty. The gospel is as powerful today as it was in the days of the disciples. We have the, Holy, the same Holy Spirit. It is not the Holy Spirit because we have the same power. You see, uh, uh, he, can, he can fill us as much as he filled the disciples in the early church. But we need to be willing to serve the Lord. We need to be willing to be, you know, if we are dead for Christ, then nothing will insult us. No one can hurt our feelings because we are dead. We need to realize that uh, when we leave America to go to the mission field, that the mission field is not America. There is no hot water there. There may not be uh, drinking water. There may be a lot of mosquitoes. So what, what are you going to do about it? You need to be prepared. You need to know you are a soldier of the cross. When, when our military went to Iraq, before they went, every one of those military was prepared here. He was trained. They, they, had, they did practices. They built homes like the ones in Iraq. They went to the desert and they practiced in the desert. So when they went to Iraq, none of them were shocked. They, 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 they got used to the nature of that country. And I believe it is the same thing with us, the, the, the servants of God. You need to learn. You need, if there is a language barrier, you need to learn a language. Begin to study here. Find out about the language. Uh, I, I, was, uh, I praised the Lord for my brothers yesterday, the man who said, I'm going to work with the Muslims here. And, and uh, uh, this is a great way, place to, we have many Muslims. Uh, we, have, we have Somalis. Uh, uh, actually, one of the uh, Congresswomen uh, uh, in uh, the American Congress, she's a Somali from Somalia. Her name is Omar. And she was elected by 70,000 
immigrants who were brought by our immigration office and were put there, uh, I believe, in Minnesota. And so uh, we need to understand uh, w there is a, a, a new culture coming to America. And we as, uh, as churches, uh, you know, the revival began in the uh, years ago. The Baptists spread across America and from America went to the world. Right now, we, the mission field is coming to our country. And we have all kinds of people living everywhere. And we need to educate ourselves, especially you, because uh, you know America is not going to be the white uh, person. There's going to be many colors coming, many backgrounds uh, from everywhere of the, the world. And they are going to bring their gods with them. I'm sorry to say the Hindus are bringing their gods. The, the Buddhists are going to bring their gods. The Muslims are going to bring their gods. You're going you're to be fighting and facing uh, many, many cults across the country. And they are going to grow in number. Even the Catholic Church is going to grow and probably will have the largest uh, people, uh, 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 citizens in America probably will end to be Catholics because of all the Hispanics that, uh, that are moving into our country. So what are we going to do? We need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. It's not hard to prepare. When I went as a missionary to Lebanon, when I was young, like a teenager in Beirut, and got saved and God uh, came forward and promised the Lord to serve him, I did not sit down and wait for God to call me. I was active in my church. I, at, the, at the age of uh, 12 years old, our Sunday school, uh, Sunday school teacher left uh, our church. So I didn't know English, and we were studying uh, from, uh, we were uh, learning uh, uh, using uh, child evangelism material. But what I did, because I remembered all the story, and in, in my, I don't know if you know what, what the flannel graph. Uh, you know, I used to practice on my pillow, and then go on Sunday and teach the lesson. At the age of 14, I became, became involved in young youth meetings and uh, became active. At the age of 15, I became the, the, the pastor, the director of the, uh, our youth meetings. Then I began to lead the singing. Then I practiced and learned to preach at least once a month. This is even before uh, I, was, uh, I surrendered to be full-time minister. I used to work with First National Bank of Chicago. Beirut was an international city, and Bank of Chicago had a branch in Lebanon. We had First National City Bank uh, of New York. We had all kinds of international bank. Banking was very, very uh, prevalent in Lebanon, and my brothers and I worked in banks. And as we were working, making money, giving to the church, we were also serving the Lord. So when, when our house was burned at the beginning of the war, and I had to leave uh, Lebanon, uh, God was, uh, you know, I, I left Lebanon, but uh, later I realized that God allowed all the tragedy to happen in my life in order to prepare me for the bigger task that he had in his mind. And, you know, I went to Lebanon and planted the church, but as I was planting the church, my prayer was, Lord, the Muslim world is not reached. What can we do to reach the Muslim world? And in 1997, uh, after I finished planting the church in Lebanon, God prepared me through his word and showed me that the Middle East can be reached. You know, those mean-looking uh, mean faces, if you look at their mean-looking faces, you, you know, I want to tell you that they may look mean, but their hearts may be tender. And I have seen many terrorists 
who, when they heard the gospel, accepted Christ as their savior. We, have, we are the mightiest people on earth because we carry the mightiest weapon. And by the way, if you're crossing the, uh, going through at the TSA in the, uh, at the airport and somebody uh, asks you if you are carrying a weapon, don't tell him you're carrying the most powerful weapon. <laughs> they will put you in jail. They will search you. But we do have the weapon, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, I am so grateful to be with you this morning. I want to talk about, um, my, the title of my sermon is uh, about a young man who was called by God, and his name was uh, Elisha. And I would like you to read, I want to read from 1 Kings chapter 19, and I will be reading verse 19 through uh, 22. 1 Kings chapter 19, and I will be reading verse 19, uh, 19 through uh, 22. So Elijah departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the 12th. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, let, and said, let me pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And Elijah said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And, and Elisha returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. May the Lord bless his word uh, to our hearts. After slaying the 400 priests uh, of the Baal, uh, Elijah uh, did a great, great job, a great job for the Lord in Israel. However, uh, uh, Elizabeth, uh, uh, Jezebel, sent him a, a warning. She said, uh, uh, so let the gods uh, do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of the one of them by tomorrow, about this time. What she said, she sent him a warning. She said, as you slayed those, my priests, I'm going to do the same to you. Now, it's interesting that when he received the warning, what did Elijah do? He, he Bible says, and, he, and, and when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. The question is, why did Elijah, the great prophet, run to Berbersheba and all the way to Mount Horeb? Why did he run away from Jezebel? Why did he do that? The answer is he was burned. He was burned out. You know, the, the fight against Ahab and the wicked Jezebel and the evil kingdom of Israel exhausted him. And so uh, uh, he was burned out. So God realized that the time has come for another man to continue the mission. Now, somebody would sit, ask me the other day, he said, but Brother Fegali, what about the 7,000 men who did not bow before the Baal? Well, these people were so uh, passive that only God knew about their existence. So, uh, uh, so Elijah had to run, and God said, Elijah, I want you to go and find another man. Let me tell you this, today many pastors are, bur are burned out because they are serving alone. The burden of the ministry is great, and no one seems to be helping them. 
So we need, we need whatever we can, we need to help our pastors and stand behind our pastor so that he can carry the work of the Lord. Many people think that the job of the pastor is to prepare a sermon. That's, that's not true. He does spend a lot of time preparing the sermon, but he does much, much more than that. So God told Elijah, he said, I want you to do three things. He said, number one, I want you to anoint Hazael, king over Syria. Number two, he said, I want you to go and find Jehu and, uh, and appoint him, anoint him to be king over Israel. And number three, he said, I want you to go find Elisha, the son of Shaphat, and uh, appoint him to be a prophet in your place. Now, it's interesting that Elijah leaves Mount Horeb and he finds Elisha plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the 12. And Elisha left, uh, uh, cast his mantle on Elisha, and the Bible says that Elisha left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Now, Elisha, when, when Elijah called Elisha, Elisha had many reasons, he had several reasons to say thank you, but no, no thanks. Eli Elisha had several reasons why he, he, if he chose, he could have said, no, I don't want to follow God. For example, number one, he was a rich man. He had a large piece of fertile land. And if you visited the Holy Land, you understand what, I, what this means. Uh, in Israel, there aren't a lot of fertile land. And if you own a fertile land, then you will be very, well, very wealthy. Number two, he had a good job. The Bible says Elisha had 12 pairs of oxen. And you know, unemployment, unemployment is very high in the world. And Elisha had a secure job. And uh, number three, Elisha loved his parents and he had a good family. Uh, Elisha said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. So, you know, sometimes having loving parents uh, may be a hindrance uh, to, to missions and because parents love to stay with their grandchildren and they discourage you. So Elisha could have said no because he had loving parents. Number four, he was called to serve, not to rule. And service requires sacrifice. The Bible says you are called to serve the Lord. In Romans chapter 6, verse 16, Paul says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants? Ye are, ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. You know, every person is serving somebody. Every person is serving somebody. You either will serve God or you will serve the flesh and the world. So he was called to serve not to rule. Number five, Elijah, Elisha was called to serve God, was called to replace a great man of God. And it is not easy sometimes to replace a great man of God. You see, Elijah was one of the greatest prophet, uh, prophets in Israel. He challenged the, uh, the kingdom of, the, of Baal and he stirred that kingdom. Now, God did not say, uh, choose, says, choose Elisha, uh, to fill your shoes. But what did he tell him? He said, anoint Elisha to be a prophet in thy room. So Elisha, if he were to obey, he had to fill a very large gap because Elijah was a great man of God. 
So when Elijah called Elisha, what did Elisha, what was Elisha's response? He said, yes, I want to follow the Lord. In spite of all these uh, possible hindrances, he, oh, he, he went through them and followed Elijah. Now, because of his obedience, his obedience made Elisha a great and successful uh, prophet. So what, what, what was so special about Elisha? What, is, what are the lessons that you and I can learn from this great man of God? Number one, Elisha chose in his heart to obey and follow the Lord. He chose in his heart to obey and follow the Lord. How did he do that? How do we see that? Well, he publicly slaughtered two of his oxen and burned his plow plowing equipment. Why did he, what, what does that mean? What does this say to us? In other words, what he did, he put himself in a position where he had no choice but to obey and serve. In other words, he burned all the bridges so that he will not go back to his old, to his old job. You know, uh, there is a, a website uh, 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 called Vision Baptist Missions in, in uh, uh, Georgia. He says they, that in this site, that's what they say. They said, 100 young people walk the aisle at mission conference. Only six go to Bible college. Four graduate and go to the field. Only one goes back for a second time. You know, many serve the Lord and give up and goes back. But Elisha did not do that. Elisha burned all the bridges in order to not to go back. And let me be honest with you. If God calls you, don't look back. Don't look back. Keep your eyes on, on your mission. Keep your eyes on the cross. Keep your eyes on heaven. This life will go very fast. And whatever you do for the Lord, that's what will count at, in, the, in, in the eternity. So number one, he chose to obey the Lord and walk with God. In spite of all the, the, the qualities that he had that could have hindered him, yet he put everything aside and followed the Lord. Number two, he chose to serve the prophet. He, he chose to serve the prophet. Now, I don't know if Elisha knew that he, God called him to be a prophet to replace Elijah. I don't know if he knew that at the beginning, but Elijah knew that Elisha knew that Elijah needs him, and that's what motivated him. He didn't go beyond that point. He knew that God, that Elijah needs him, so he followed Elijah. Number three, Elisha set a clear goal for his life, never to back up. Now, this is very interesting. We know that God chose Elisha uh, uh, to be a prophet. And Elijah, we know that Elijah knew that Elisha, God called Elisha to be a prophet. But this is very interesting. When Elisha, when Elisha asked Elijah, he said, please let me go back and kiss my parents goodbye. What was Elijah's response? What did, how did he respond to Elisha? He said, go back. Again, for what have I done to thee? You know, this is very interesting. You know, normally, Elijah should have said to him, rebuked him, said, shame on you. You, you, you should serve the Lord. But he didn't do that. He said, go back. Why, why, are, why do you want to follow me? You know, this is the opposite of what's happening today. Let me give you an advice. Many surrender to be missionaries for the wrong reason. 
If you are surrendering in order to please someone, please don't, don't surrender. If you are surrendering uh, in order uh, because uh, you, know, uh, you have nothing else to do, please don't surrender. But if you are surrendering because God called you, please, God will bless you. If God calls you and you obey God's calling, you, God will bless you. Somebody will say, how do I know? How do I know that God called me? The answer is that if your passion and compassion will be for the people you are ministering to. If God, if God calls you to a country, God is going to put love in your heart for the people of that country. People, I work among the Arabic people. They are the most imperfect people probably on the face of the earth. Somebody came to me one day in a meeting and he said, the Muslims are the most despicable people on the face of the earth. Well, maybe he is right, but you know, I love them because God loved them. And you see that despicable Muslim, when he comes to Jesus, he becomes as sweet and wonderful as the child of God. But how do you know that God called you? If your heart, your, your, God will put compassion uh, in your heart for those people and you will and to love them in your heart so when you go to serve them you serve them because God loves them but also because you love them I appreciate the missionary who came to uh, led me to Christ that missionary served the Lord and he had to leave Lebanon because of the war he was living in an area later the, the area where his house was became a line of demarcation so he had to leave the country my wife and I went to visit him one time after I surrendered uh, uh, to serve the Lord. I went to uh, uh, Missouri to visit him, and I went to his home. And what I noticed that every, he, in his garden, he planted every tree you find in Lebanon. Uh, in his home, he's filled with the cedars of Lebanon, with so many things. When I looked at that, I said, indeed, this man had love for, for the Lebanese people. During our stay in his home, you know, I don't care to talk much about Lebanon. I live in Lebanon. I know everything. I like to talk about other things. But all his talk was about the people he worked with, the people he witnessed to. And, you know, by the time I left, I, by the time I left, I realized that this man is called by God. He was called by God to serve the Lord. So, number one, he chose, uh, Elisha chose in his heart to follow and obey the Lord. Number two, he chose to serve the prophet and be a servant. Number three, he set a clear goal for his life, never to back up. But number four, Elisha asked for the double power of Elijah. He asked for double power of Elijah. You know, remember that. If God asks you, what, what would you like me to do for you? Remember, say, Lord, I want double the power. I want you to give me double. The Bible says, and it came to pass, when they were gone over to El uh, that Elijah, Elijah said unto Elisha, ask, what shall I do for thee before I, I be taken away from thee? And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. What a courageous uh, man of God Elisha was. Why did he ask for double the power? Actually, you need double the power of what we have today because the challenge you will face in your generation is going to be much bigger and more intense than even the challenge the challenge we have in our generation you know elisha wanted to serve with power he wanted to face the all the challenges he wanted to succeed 
He wanted to improve. He wanted to move forward, and he did not want to replace, to repeat the mistakes of Elijah. That's what made Elisha a great man of God. Now, what are the lessons that we learn from the life of this man who was called by God to be a prophet? Number one, don't look back. Burn all the bridges. Burn all the bridges. By, Jesus said, no man having put his hand on the plow and looking behind is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, God calls every child to serve him. Now, as I look at you, not God, uh, your call, everyone has a different call in your life. Uh, and uh, uh, God called you. So define, find out what is God's call upon your life and follow God, uh, follow God. You know, do what he called you to do. Finish the course, finish the course. Don't let anybody affect your call. Finish what God called you to do. Let me be honest with you. I had many distractions in my life. When I was serving the Lord in Lebanon, I had to bring my family. When America went against Iraq uh, to fight the first Gulf War, the situation in Lebanon was very bad. And we were told that Saddam Hussein may shoot missiles against Israel, but these missiles may miss the country of Israel and land in Beirut. So I had to bring my, my wife and my children to America and they stayed here for a few months and went back to Lebanon to continue serving the Lord. I have a business degree at, at Chick-fil-A. Uh, you know, somehow I was talking with a manager with Chick-fil-A and he thought I, you know, so anyway, they called me, uh, uh, called my wife and they said, we, are, we, we would like you, your husband qualified uh, and we would like him to be an owner operator of one of our key uh, uh, restaurants in South Carolina. And my wife called me to Lebanon. Just imagine the bombs are falling. Lebanon was heading to the unknown. And my children are in America. And here ha I have a very juicy and attractive, <laughs> attractive call. Man, I mean, to be an owner operator uh, of a restaurant like Chick-fil-A, Christian, they close on Sunday, which means I can go to church. And, uh, I, you know, you think I'm serving the Lord by selling chicken, but... <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was a very attractive, uh, you know, going back to America, forget about Lebanon. And I said to my wife, let me pray. And when I prayed, I realized if I leave Lebanon, everything I did would have gone, would have been uh, destroyed. And I decided to stay and finish the job rather than to go back and sell chicken. And you know, today, every time I see Chick-fil-A, I remember that and say, praise God, I am serving. My boss is not uh, a Southern Baptist. <laughs> so don't, don't look back. Okay, burn the bridges, burn the bridges. Uh, there was a group of uh, brethren from Sudan. They decided to go to an area called Darfur in Sudan. <coughs> and they were distributing tracts and witnessing to the people. Some of the terrorists were watching them. So one day they, they got into the bus and they were returning home after they evangelized the area. And the, the terrorists took their machine gun and they machine gunned the bus. They killed everyone in the bus except one person. One person survived that massacre. 
that young man who survived the massacre came to our Bible college uh, uh, in uh, uh, Khartoum, northern Sudan. He studied the word of God. And one day he stood in front of a congregation like this one. He said, I want to go back to that village where my friends were massacred. And I want to go and carry the gospel. You know, he went there and he planted two churches. Don't, don't give up. Don't, uh, don't burn the bridges. Uh, burn all the bridges. Number two, God, put God first in your life. Put God first in your life. Uh, you know, what, uh, what is the difference between the disciple who said to Jesus, I want to follow you, but let me first bury my father. What's the difference between this disciple and Elisha? The answer is that this, decide, this young man loved his father and mother more than God. Elisha loved God more than his father and his mother. Number three, be obedient in your life. Be obedient in your life. You know, Elisha became a great prophet. He asked God for double the power of Elijah. Did God give him double the power of Elijah? The answer is yes. You know, Elisha did the twice as many miracles as Elijah did, and Elisha finished what Elijah couldn't finish. Remember, God said to Elijah, you need to do three things. He said, I want you to go and anoint, anoint, anoint Hazael, king over Syria. Number two, he said, I want you to anoint Jehu, uh, king over Israel. And number three, he said, I want you to go and call Elisha. All Elijah did is to go and call Elisha. But it was Elisha who became instrument in anointing Hazael, which Elijah couldn't do. And also he anointed Jehu to be king over Israel. Jehu destroyed the house of Ahab and put an end to the worship of the Baal in Israel. In other words, because he obeyed the Lord and he lived an obedient life to God, God used Elisha in a mighty way. I pray that the Lord will bless you. I pray that as you are sitting here, you need to ask, Lord, Lord, make your call clear to me. But I want to tell you this. If God doesn't answer you, don't be discouraged. In his timing, he will answer you. He will call you. And when he calls you, you will find that every, the doors behind you will close down. And all the doors in front of you will open. Look, I am not a hero. I am nobody. But God, Jesus opened doors. When Jesus opened the doors, we can enter. And if he doesn't open the door, you can do whatever he, you cannot enter. God, you know, for years I wanted to go to Iraq. I couldn't because of Saddam Hussein. But then the American military went and removed Saddam Hussein. And God gave us a short wind window of opportunity. I went to Iraq and today we have a great ministry over there. Uh, Sudan. I heard about the massacres of the Christians in Sudan. I prayed to the Lord and God opened the door. I went to Sudan and at the beginning, you know, these five churches, we planted them after 2011. But before I worked with the, with the Moro tribe, about one million people, and the leader of the Moro tribe, when I was there, we, uh, uh, came to me. He said, Brother Fegali, you don't need to plant the churches. He said, we have 120 churches. Our pastors are illiterate. Why don't you educate our pastors? So I concentrate on 
training and indoctrinating uh, the pastors of the, 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 those ch the Moro tribe churches. At the end, they began, uh, began to understand the, the doctrine of baptism, and I ended having to, to purchase 24 uh, 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 baptismal pools because the people were afraid to baptize their, uh, the converts in the Nile, but they ended baptizing them in the baptismal pools that we purchased for those churches. You see, when God opened the door, you will be easily, you will be able to enter easily. Number three, remember, you, we are victorious. We have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. The devil has everything to lose. He is the God of this world. We belong to a different kingdom. And every time you win someone to the Lord, that person becomes child of God. The devil is the loser. And, and God will be the winner. That's why the Bible says that every time, yesterday, somebody in, our, in this church accepted Christ as their savior. When he prayed and invited Jesus to his heart, you know what happened in heaven? There was a great shout of glory in heaven when that person got saved on earth because Christ was the winner and the devil is the loser. Uh, at the end, I have a six minute DVD that I like to share with you. The significance of this uh, DVD is that it was taken when Pastor Gilmer uh, and uh, uh, Brother, I keep forgetting your name, ben, 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 were with us in Egypt, and it was taken. So I hope, you, I trust that video will be a blessing uh, to you. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Mark 15, 16. My world is the Middle East and part of West Africa. The Lord Jesus said to the church in Philadelphia, Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. In spite of our weaknesses and limited resources, our ministry as MAP, an independent Baptist ministry, is present in those countries. The gathering of our pastors and church leaders in Lebanon in July 2016 personifies our ministry and call. Our pastors, church leaders, Sunday school teachers came from many countries where we minister to Lebanon to attend the leadership conference. Many risked their lives coming from war zones. Our Syrian brethren took almost all day to cross the border from Syria to Lebanon. These active church leaders and pastors give a good picture of what is happening in our ministry. All these men came to study the Word of God and to meet one another. I'm Al-Assis Najib Al-Khouri, لبجنوب لبنان لنحنا كنيستنا على الحدود دغري مع إسرائيل 
انا جسيس نجيب فريد نجيب حنا انا الجسيس انجلو علي مكي ناصر انا اسمي مينا عاطف انا ونرمين ونرمين دي مراتي انا اسمي امير عزيز سعد من مصر بخدم في مدينه المنيا انا الاسيس فهمي نخله من اسكندريه انا اسمي الاسيس فرح يوسف بشرى انا برحب بيكم انا اسمي الاسيس كرم اسحاق متى انا اسمي اشرف ابراهيم من مصر انا بخدم مع الدكتور ادجر وانا خدمتي مع الدكتور ادجر هو تاسيس كليه لاهوت I'm thankful to the Church of the Open Door in Maryland who financially contributed in order to make the 2016 conference possible. Every time we have a conference of this sort, the teachers challenge the national pastors to study the Word of God and to serve the Lord faithfully. At the end of the conference, participants responded to the invitation and came forward to pray. As they were preparing to return to their homelands, they rededicated their lives to the Lord and asked the Lord to protect them and bless their ministries. Each participant received a certificate reminding them of what they had studied and learned. At the conclusion of the conference, we ordained four ministers and dedicated an Egyptian couple who surrendered to go to the Republic of Southern Sudan to work with our church and Christian school there. In spite of the violence and civil wars that surround Lebanon, and especially that Damascus was only 30 minutes away from the conference center where we had met, we saw the unity of God's servants and the joy that the Holy Spirit provides in the hearts at a time like this. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. My world is the Middle East and West Africa. The men you saw in the video and many more are serving faithfully in the heart of darkness in the Middle East and the ministry continues to grow and expand. In the past, the Middle East was described as the graveyard of missions. This description no longer applies today because through our ministry and the network of churches and radio stations that we have established, people are hearing the gospel. Let us bow our heads to pray. Again, I am honored to, to be with you uh, and uh, speak to you. Pray the Lord will bless you. I know God will. And uh, you're welcome to come to my part of the world. Just let me know. And uh, we will, uh, you will enjoy being with us should the Lord call you to go there. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, dear Lord, because you, in your word, you gave us uh, advice and guidance Thank you, dear Lord, for the life of this young man named Elisha, who was used by you in a mighty way. And until today, we read and rejoice as we look at his life. Father, I pray for the young people here that you be with them and bless them as they prepare themselves to serve you. Bless our pastor and his family. Bless the teachers, everyone here. Lord, may your name be honored and glorified, not only in this city, but across the world because of the ministry of this church. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.